Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up? Welcome to the worst uh, idea of all time before we've even put the mitts on. This is what I call headphones now because I'm a cool guy. We've got these kind of broadcasting sticks. <laughs> yeah. You like that? Mics on stands. Mics on like movable stands that you grab like you're uh, calling a ball game. Yeah, and it feels good. Guys. Guys, listen up. It's called the return to English. Yes. Subs, no dubs. Thanks to the good folks at xvideo.net. Oh, t- fuck up about all that. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get too carried away. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is that Tim we and found I... found and purchased a very legal, very above board... Uh, Third installment of Emmanuel 2000, Emmanuel yes. in Paradise, and the entire thing was rendered in crisp 240p <laughs> and English. With, and Jap- with Japanese... We're pretty sure Japanese subtitles. I don't know what the subtitles were, but I will say this. We've been missing out on a lot of good story. God damn it. I loved this one. This is my favorite movie. Of all of them? Of of all movies. Oh, wow. Not just Emmanuel. It's, this is were, probably my new favorite film. What we did know previously was that Emmanuel had some sort of mind control device through the medium of like a $2 shop headband, pendant, or bracelet. What we didn't realize was just how far-reaching and ambitious the scope of the operation her and her friends were conducting using these mind control devices. Maggie and Philip, perpetually poolside. That's right. And uh, Maggie is wheelchair bound. Very progressive. I guess. Yeah. To put that in a porno in 2000, yeah, I guess. One of the foremost feminist texts alongside 1997's Home Alone 3. Okay. All I'm saying is this. They've got big plans for these mind control devices that go beyond sex. They delve into the the idea of pure love, and then beyond that, even into DNA coding and <laughs> philanthropy. And 
an exploration of the culture of the following countries. Brunei, maybe. Japan. Definitely. Or some version of She was that. going to Tokyo. And Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. So this uh, movie follows your traditional 3X structure. If your traditional 3X structure is three short films settled <laughs> together as one. With one through line. A woman called Emmanuel, played by the talented Holly Sampson, who I actually rate. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was fantastic. She's a good actor. I'm glad she's in these movies. It's it's interesting to think of what the Emmanuel franchise is doing here in the year 2000 and what Holly Sampson's doing with the character as, as an actor, but also the story and the direction that the franchise has gone in since the halcyon days of Sylvia Christel in deepest, darkest Thailand, I milling miss, about with a variety of high-powered ambassadors. I miss Heffron, I will say that. You miss Heffron? So yeah. do you, but can you draw, do you think you can draw a line from the first thing we saw mm-hmm. to the year 2000, where we currently The original, what, what year was it, like 72, the French 71, one? I think, I want to say. 1971. So, draw, so you mean like, do these feel even possibly in the same universe? Aside from the titular character going mm-hmm. around and en- enabling people to realise you know, the fullness of their sexuality, do you think that these are companions? Bedfellows would be a good turn of phrase I could have used instead of companions. Honestly, not really. It's sort of a name only for me. Yeah. The, uh, well, pretty much everything after the first, was there three of those Sylvia Cristal ones? At least. Was it just two? I mean. Or was there six? I feel like there were three. And then, no, there was five. I feel like maybe she went away and then she came <laughs> back and so got bad. trapped in purgatory on a flight with George Lazenby. Yeah, but th- those were different though. With a, feel, with those? I'm not counting those. Okay. So like we had the first two. And then I think maybe there was one other one, and then it got into all of the nonsense. But you think that uh, we're now All of the nonsense I can put in one bucket, but the first two do not fit in that bucket. Okay, they were art. They were erotica. The rest of these are pornography. Mm. And and what pornography? Look, I just... I, I can't wait to tell... All of you about this movie that we okay. just watched. Well, why don't I be an audience surrogate and you be a, a, a storyteller? You should help me in this journey because only I don't a, want to mess anything up. Only as and when required. Tim, we're in Japan. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> That's the middle movie. According to Act um, One, we're this, in I, I'll, Saudi Arabia, Brunei. Mm-hmm. This this uh, synopsis taken from Letterboxd seems to believe that we're actually in Morocco. Oh, okay. Shall I read you the overview before you delve into yeah, the yeah, particulars? Yeah, yeah, please, 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 please. Emmanuel 2000, Emmanuel in Paradise, released in the year 2000, directed by Kevin Elba. The second installment. Hold up. The second installment. That's not, I don't think that's right. Kevin Elba. Nah. Well, this is this is what we just watched. Okay, you keep going. The tagline? Around the world in so many ways. The second instalment in the classic Emmanuel softcore film series to be helmed by director Ura He. I'm so sorry. Can I just stop you there? Around the world in so many days. That's a play on around the world in 30 days. In 80 days. 80 days. It is. What the fuck? Also, Letterboxd does not have a very clear articulation of who directed it. Even within the first sentence of the synopsis, we've got a different director. Oh, I keep thinking of... um, Either Alan or can you spell Alan A L A I N? Is that still Alan? Elaine. 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 Um. Yeah, I keep saying that name. I thought that was the director, but here on IMDb, it's got um Udo Blass and Fred Olin Ray as the directors of this film. Oh wait, sorry, that's a 
2000. Maybe we're getting bogged down in the cast and crew when we should be getting bogged down in the story. You're right. What we're trying to say is this. Emmanuel in Paradise finds actress Holly Sampson in the role originated by Sylvia Christel. This time around, the seductress travels to such locales as Morocco and Japan, landing in passionate trysts at every turn. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's it. So... The Sultan is the central character who was an Emmanuel in the first bit, sort of. And I got to say, I kind of like the Sultan. I kind of, I know, yeah. obviously, there are problems. There's probably a caste system that he's ruling over, which is sort of yeah. alluded to. But just in terms of a guy, he's got kind of a cool energy to him. Yeah. He's got a cool swagger about him. And there's not a lot of people who act like, really, really well in these movies, but I thought he is his, doing something. His name is Anthea Scordy, and he looks to be a still very, you know, successful jobbing actor. That rules. His and IMDb I'm, filmography goes from 2021 all the way back to 2021. That's, that's 1994. Today. Um, anything that we might recognize that pops out at you? Uh no, I mean, he was in the TV adaptation of uh, Catch-22, which I didn't watch, but they made anyway. Uh, sort of like The Blacklist, that TV series. He's sort of oh, like, The Blacklist with James Spader. Yeah, he's, he's Wait, Star Wars Battlefront 2. He's a video game voice. He was a video game voice in Assassin's Creed. He's got a cool voice. He's. I, I think he's probably got, lives a comfortable life. Anyway, listen, this guy's really good, is the Sultan. And he's the Sultan, and he's friends with Emmanuel, and he's kind of in love with her, but not in a way where he's like overly possessive and making her stay by like ripping up her passport. In a way that's like, oh, Emmanuel, you'll always have my heart, but I'm the Sultan, and so my my heart also belongs to many others. He's sort of he's never fully uh, let his guard down to the point of allowing the possibility of true love enter his soul. He's got a harem or harem, depending on what part of the country you're from. And there are is a businessman and his wife That's traveling right. through Morocco as guests and business partners of the Sultan. Correct. Very explicit that it is the man doing the business deals. And it seems to be an oil concern. Yeah, think that's they, mentioned. they say oil a lot. They say oil And the Sultan times. is constantly wondering whether or not business opportunity, like all he thinks about is oil. Oil in his harem. Well, he's, he's fascinated by the woman. He loves the woman. Um so what this the opening of this movie is we kind of open on an insistence from the sultan to his business partner that in exchange for the successful business dealings which have occurred the pleasure for which doing business has been it must be repaid by the sultan in the form of fucking a group of women that's right the pleasure must be equal and the only means of reciprocating the pleasure is by offering the services of his harem in front of the businessman and wife. And you, you'll be shocked and appalled to hear that the businessman is salivating, excited at the prospect of engaging with the harem. The wife, how did the wife take it, Tim? Not so well. That's right. The wife, this old stick in the mud is not, she says, the, old, just, the old ball and chain. She says, she says, you're loving this, aren't you? You're loving this because you're going to have sex with lots of ladies. I don't want to disrupt the flow, but can I ask you a question? Is harem one of those words that you've only seen like written down and haven't heard spoken aloud a lot? I feel like... I've never heard it pronounced harem. I'd say, I'd say harem. Harem. Well, there's different ways to mispronounce a word. 
as the old idiom goes. Absolutely correct. Or I die on. Nice. Thank you. So that presents itself. Emmanuel gets inserted into the fray. She's there sort of incidentally, but I think is maybe friends with the guy. No, and no, no. And then befriends she, the wife. She's she's just there as a tourist. She's there to, She like, likes this. No, she's friends with the sultan. Yeah, yeah. They go back. But she's, uh, she's so they independent of the business couple. They get introduced by the sultan at dinner. And then Emmanuel befriends the wife. Halfway through the dinner, the sultan says to the businessman, the Let's harem is ready and your food will be delivered at your leisure while fucking. God, and the businessman fucking... gives a sort of guilty look to his wife, gives her a kiss on the cheek at which she recoils and says, I'm off to fuck. And the men go to do manly things. Like eating sushi off a woman. Why? That is later. Does this and franchise it is disgusting. insist on combining coitus and food Be, yeah. constantly? Do you know what? Beyond the name, Emmanuel, one of the big three lines called, of the franchise. Emmanuel in French should translate to food fuck. Yeah. There's a lot of food play. And some of the food play, which we'll get to later in this podcast, in this film, was... Honestly, it transcended disgust and became pure comedy. Like they were yeah, actually actively trying to taunt us, yeah. make us laugh, have a bit of fun. It's like a jackass sketch. So, so the the man and the sultan go to the harem, and the man sort of immerses himself in uh, three to four women. And meanwhile, Emmanuel and his I wife. I don't know if that's true, though. Yeah. Do we see him doing that? Yeah, he gets into the spa and- because later on. I know. He is, so that is kind of meaningless. Well, no, he's, he's had I'll his... say what it is because people haven't seen the film, even though this is kind of slightly out of chronology. Later on, that same guy goes to kind of have some sex again with these people who aren't his wife. And what's happened in the intervening period is Emmanuel has had a dastardly idea, and that is having the wife dress up as a member of the harem. And so no one else is there except for her in, like, a veil, and that's, that is the one yeah. disguise. Well, he doesn't recognize her because throws, of the veil. Throws him off the scent completely. And um, so then he chickens out at the last moment. He's like, I can't do this. I'm married. I love my wife. I want to make love to my wife and my wife alone. But you're saying, I really should remember what happened at the start of the movie we just watched. I, I, I am saying... He jumped in the tub with all those women? Yeah. He's, here's around. a guy who's had his cake and is now going to also eat his cake. Exactly. So That's he, the problem. The way he learned he only wants to have sex with his wife is by having sex with four other women simultaneously. Hey. And that is one of the classic ways to figure out that you love your partner. We're is, all fallible. Is Relationships to, are tricky. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to dive into a harem. To have sex with multiple women at once. So that happens, and it's lovely because then the wife is like, "He does love me." The what? Yeah, because Emmanuel and the wife they talk about their emotions. You know, the men are doing man stuff, and the woman, well, the women are doing womanly stuff, they talking are. about their feelings. They are, but here is where the movie takes a fantastic turn because Emmanuel puts the device which allows you to feel the feelings of whoever is wearing the other half of the device. So one of them is a crown, um, a very shit crown with yes. a plastic heart that has an LED As flashing in it. Detailed pink. by us before. And then the other half is a necklace. And so they communicate with each other the feeling of one wearer to the other. So I think the uh, crown is, is the receiver this, well, and the necklace is the sender. This is actually, again, if we're trying to tie the franchises all together... This is not dissimilar to the through line we had with the um, 
fuck, I you remember there was the magic potion that a monk gave one of the Emmanuels? Yeah. And she could take, transform into yeah. any woman. It's pure, a, you got to stay pure of heart, though. You do have to be pure of heart, but it's the same. It's the same device. Yeah, and it's, then Emmanuel in space, they all on the ship. The crew had the um, you know, the yeah, the, the mind the, reading device kind the, of thing. The, the Oculus Rifts so, that they put on. Essentially, as as throughout the the throughout. But hold on for a sec. Can I just finish my thought with that? Because yeah. you were saying about the men doing manly things and the women doing womanly things. This is where they flip that. Because Emmanuel puts the receiver device on the Sultan, and then he freaks out because the the send bit of the device has been put on the wife. That's right. So he goes, "I feel like a girl," and and Emmanuel's like, "Yeah, you're feeling the emotions of a woman who's having sex with her husband." After they professed cool. their true love. It was really cool. And then just to really turn the dial up on intensity for the Sultan, Emmanuel also fucks the daylights out of him while he's experiencing the emotional intensity of true love between a wife and her husband. You say fucks the daylights out of, but if there's one thing I've learned about this Emmanuel 2000 series, it's not like aggressive. No, Except no. for the cocaine addict who we'll get to later. It's their ver- a lot of it's just humping. It's like you're having sex, but it's, it's a humping kind of it's emotion. It's their version of, you know, fucking the daylights out of. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. As, as far as hardcore within the franchise goes, yeah. there's a real intensity. There's a, a genuine. And if you're this, 14, this is yeah, very and hot. And stuff. Credit to the actors, there mm. is a passion between them. And it's it's actually you know if you who do, they're Sultan and yeah yeah I mean they, but they are chemistry between both between both can, I didn't buy the married couple so no? much I thought the husband didn't bring it the husband was like he walked off of a sort of a, an off air failed pilot for a sitcom and onto the set of Emmanuel two thousand he went big but then luckily in the third part of this movie we got even bigger but so this is like a little vignette so that that would close at the end of this the Sultan experiences pure love. Both through a woman's pure love, yeah. Both through the wife, and then also through being with Emmanuel, and sort of professes his affections for Emmanuel. And Emmanuel Correct. goes, "You got it, man." And then gets on a plane, <laughs> nice, nice one, slugger, <laughs> to Tokyo. And on the way to Tokyo, she through the device of her friends who she's in cahoots with and experimenting with Maggie this and Philip technology. She says, "Yeah." So the Sultan was like, "I love you," but. To Tokyo, mm. where a friend of mine is finding a lot of success in the tech world of business. Actually, yes, sorry. And just in that um, scene when she's going on the airplane. So she keeps talking to to Maggie and Philip on a – it is obviously just a compact, a makeup compact that's got a little mirror in it, like a foundation thing. But they're treating it like it's a video well, phone. They've used a very clever camera trick where you never see – what she's looking it's at really from her angle. You only see it from our perspective. and It could be anything behind. Wetter digital yeah. level effects to trick the viewer. Aye. And so what seems to me to be happening is they're collecting data about sex for some thing, some computer type of thing. Do you know it what? It seems like they're collecting data on this for something. The end game of Emmanuel and her cohorts is never very specific. Very clearly articulated. The first two we, movies which were in the series were in Russian. So what, actually, I what, think we'd understand. One of them was in German. <laughs> and I speak a little to Deutsch. All this to say, we trust that their ethics are sound. For we must. Otherwise, we are watching immoral people do immoral things. The second part of this three-part movie takes place in Japan where Emmanuel lands enters the hotel, announces she's feeling a bit weary from the plane, yeah. a bit jet-lagged from the champagne and high altitude, and the concierge says, we can fix that right up. And she does, by taking off all her clothes, 
oiling both of them up and rubbing her naked body against Emmanuel's, who's lying face down on a massage table. That's right. And uh, both parties seem to enjoy this. A little bit of no strings attached, guilt-free, rub-a-dub-dub. It's like, on paper, hot stuff. But in the actuality, it's just... Takes too long and is boring and it's quite unsexual. I'll say this because of the um, return to English. Mm. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, the curmudgeon that I am, I've articulated that I've grown tired of some of the sex scenes previously. But like, because the story was really fun and we were back in English and we were following what was happening and it was kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. These sex scenes became more frustrating because oh. they were they were in the way of what was actually proven to be a genuinely enjoyable cinema experience. The story. You loved the plot. Not, yeah, not always. You wanted to fuck the plot. In the context of watching Guy wanted to get his hard penis and put it in the plot. Think of the man who you talked to last week. I was at my wit's end. I was lost. But Mm -hmm. this, I was actually enjoying, within the context of the franchise and the podcast, I was enjoying myself. And they kept interrupting that enjoyment to show people having sex with each other. Which would have been all right if it was kind of, Porn, but it, it never is with these movies. No, it's just two women oiled up, rubbing their bodies together. It, quite obvious on screen that no one's getting a lot out of the transaction. But anyway, that kind of That's goes down hither nor thither. The main point of this section of the movie is to focus on a man who reminds me intensely of Metal Gear Solid's Revolver Ocelot. He's got a cool mustache, a deep voice. And a geisha. Who he has fallen in love with. Yes, he has. Breaking with tradition. And um, it's sort of a forbidden love because as explained in the movie, which also doubles up as a Wikipedia paragraph on the history of geishas. I have no faith that anything they said about Japanese culture is correct. So, you know, uh, we're just going to relay what they told us about. A, the the a geisha. geisha and her charge may not be in love with one another. And so... Emmanuel thinks, ha ha, I think these two love one another. I will set them up because he is enjoying much success in the business world, but is isolated and alone. His wife died two years ago. And while, His true love. And while Emmanuel goes about setting this up, he hits the streets and winds up fucking some entirely different woman. Who is also a geisha, but uh, this time American? Yes, from Europe. <laughs> Everyone in this movie, despite the fact that we traverse across multiple continents, has a thick American accent. Except and for the a s- distinct lack of melanin, dis- uh, you know, against the country that you find them in. Aye, aye. We're in Morocco. Couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting half a dozen white people. Yeah. There literally was one brown person in that whole scene, and it was the Sultan. Half a dozen. And even that, I don't know for sure. Semi-nude blonde woman. But. But. He had sex with a geisha. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. This is sort of like, this was probably the weakest of the three stories. Emmanuel. Oh, no, no, no. Hold, hold the fucking, hold the fuck up guy. This was a juicy story unto itself because he was scared that if he started dating people, he was going to come up against a gold digger who would try and steal all his wealth because women can't be trusted. That's right. There's only one who could be trusted, and he trusted her, and she died two years ago. He trusts Emmanuel because they are friends. They are friends. They're pals, and they go way back. But 
this new woman that he finds turns out to be the very thing he feared. That's right. She is a gold digger, revealed too late in the piece. But don't worry, because Emmanuel successfully uses her mind-reading sex device to pair the geisha with her charge. She goes around to the geisha's house and says, Hey, I'm Emmanuel. We haven't met before. Your house is tiny. Yeah. First words out of her mouth. Fuck you, Emmanuel. Pretty rude. But. Got them together. Happy ending, yeah. And so then they wind up together and Emmanuel says, well, she doesn't even say it. And it's not even exposed through like an external narrative device. All of a sudden we're just in Las Vegas. And you think, okay, Las Vegas, huh? And there's a guy in a limo arriving at a desolate and deserted diner. Tumbleweed blows across the screen. He announces four times that he's a Navy SEAL to his driver. And Tim says, are we watching the same movie? And we are. Because there was just no connective tissue whatsoever. This last of the three short films was far and away the most excellent, yeah. filmic, Tarantino-esque. Incredible, probably questionable. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Basically, we have a character here who's a former Navy SEAL and is a high-rolling businessman with a crazy life. His words. His words. Literally an exact quote. His words, exactly. I'm a high-rolling financier, and my life is crazy. (laughs) And he's not wrong. Emmanuel and another guy who we will call Bill, the three of them used to be best friends. They're best friends from as long as we can remember. And the high-flying financier, his life is so crazy that he doesn't even have time for his friends in his life anymore. Which Despite is sh- the fact that they've been trying to get a business deal together for the last two years. Exactly the same amount of time that that guy's wife has been dead, which is unrelated. Absolutely. And what is the business deal, Tim? What are the particulars? 
Well, there's been um, a prior uh, deal that was made and it went fine by um, all signs that are produced in the movie. But this one's different. The organization that Emmanuel seemingly is attached to, but mainly the scientist friend runs, is now a non-profit. It is dedicated to the singular cause of mapping the human genome, a task that took a fairly large, I believe, group of the world's leading geneticists sometime to crack in the mid-2000s and got them a Nobel Prize. But this guy's like, I've got an idea for an internet company. We're going to map the human genome, put it online, and people will be able to send us their DNA and we will tell them what's wrong with them based on whatever is different from them, their DNA to this genome that we've sequenced. Which, first of all, I don't know if that's how that works at all. <laughs> but secondly, very ambitious for one man hitting up a guy who's obviously a cocaine addict to fund yeah. and get off the ground. But I kind of love, like, whether or not that guy, the scientist Bill, is a scam artist or not, I love his moxie. I fucking love the big swings of the um, script writers being like, I just cracked my knuckles. I know. Let's get into some shit. Let's really create a yeah. tale here. It's like they wrote down all the ideas that they could put in the movie and then they got to the last third and they still had more ideas than space left. And they were like, okay, we could either leave some of these off the table or we could do it all at once. It's so fun. It is a it's lot of fun. so cool. You just get people saying crazy batshit ideas and throwing these schemes out and you're like, yes, 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 so yes, yes, yes. Basically... Yes. The high-rolling financier is like, look, it's good to be here, but I'm busy. i got to get out of here. I'm going to get back in my limo. And Emmanuel and Bill say, your limo's gone. So they have kidnapped him. And he <laughs> says, okay, what's going on here? And then two women emerge from a commercial kitchen <laughs> dancing. And he says, huh, but kind of winds up enjoying himself and stands up to approach them. And Emmanuel says, no, they are dancers. And as you rightly observed, Tim, these are some of the worst dancers I have seen <laughs> in my young life. They are given 45 seconds of screen time before a woman, another woman, emerges yeah. from a different commercial kitchen. This is revealed for some reason to be Maya, a long lost love, perhaps. Of the high rolling financier. Of, of, the, of the cocaine addict, man. And the cocaine addict man is delighted to see Maya and confused by her presence, as we all are. Absolutely. But he gets up. He goes over to her. She says, you left. He says, I never wanted to leave. She says, I loved you. He says, I love you too. And they go into one of the many commercial kitchens in this abandoned diner. And we are treated to the most <laughs> filthy, disgusting, gut-wrenching attempt to make a cake you have ever seen in your life. The We're getting three <laughs> cups of flour and you just slap it on your own the two sweaty, of them naked body. proceed to fuck and... And cover one another in ketchup, chocolate sauce, salt, and <laughs> gallons salt. and gallons of milk. Milk so abounds. Much, so much fucking milk. He cannot <laughs> stop himself pouring milk on himself, on herself. And the two of them just, they, they fuck and eat to their heart's content. It is, it is revolting. There's no other word for it. It is, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. And they finish. And then, in the, all senses of the word, they finish. Oh Maya God. disappears, never to touch the She's ear gone. of civilized man again. Listen, 
There's literally no explanation for how she got out of there alive. There's also no explanation for how she got there in the first place. No, what? Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. I was Emmanuel say. has kidnapped multiple ex-lovers of a cocaine addict, yeah. <laughs> marched them to an abandoned diner in the Las Vegas desert, and paraded them out to fuck and persuade this cocaine addict into <laughs> closing a deal and providing seed money to an old friend who's setting up some sort of medical online scam. That's fucking awesome, dude. Anyway, this is almost enough to push the cocaine addict over the line and and close a deal with his old friend to provide money. But he says, nah, actually. And Emmanuel has anticipated this. And out of a third commercial (laughs) kitchen emerges another former lover, this one Eastern European of the cocaine addict. And he says, what was her name? I guess. I don't know. Sylvia? Anyway, him and Sylvia... Then go outside. They fucking a T-bird or something. It's a cool-looking car. That's right. Oh, maybe it's a pink Cadillac, actually. Well, what, what whatever it is, it is the, the, exactly the same story cycle repeats itself. Well, she's more angry. Minus though. the food. Yeah, she's more angry, but he's just as persuasive. And he says, I didn't want to leave you. I love you. And they have sex again. He comes back into the, the diner. We do not know what has happened to the woman he's just had sex with. And he says, I feel good. Let's make this deal. Yeah. And then he becomes altruistic, right? He's not, like, oh, that's not yet. Oh, you're right. <laughs> he says, let's make this deal. And Emmanuel and Bill are so excited. They can't believe their luck. And then he says, same deal as last time. I will own everything. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? And he says, yep, work. that's how I do business. I must win. Everyone else must lose. Fuck you. I've got no time for friends. And Emmanuel, instead of saying, get out of here, you sociopath, says, I thought this might be the case. May I present a fourth commercial kitchen and a third woman? And there is something about this woman. Well, I mean, first of all, this woman has been flown in from Morocco. She is a member of the original Harem from the start of the For no reason. No fucking reason whatsoever, except to remind you that you're still watching the same flick. Absolutely. Also... Commendations to anyone who has watched this film to masturbate and has stuck around. Like, yeah, fucking hell. I'm imagining a lot of people with a flaccid penis in their hand just, you know, gawk-eyed looking at this film saying, how do you resolve all of these different parts? Do you reckon that's what this is, the last bit? The writers know that everyone's stopped watching and they're just like, let's just muck around. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Have some fun. Let's have a bit of fun. One just for us. So this last woman is the most, like, she obviously had the most powerful connection with our cocaine addict because they... He like he sort of he looks upon not just his actions that day, but of his entire life, and it forces some sort of perspective shift where he says, "Holy shit, I was off, I was way off." The man has had some sort of pooty tang reckoning. That's right, and he agrees to fire his lawyer, <laughs> drop a brand new contract <laughs> dictated by Bill and Emmanuel, and then get into his limo with this woman who he truly loves. And fuck her all the way back to civilization. Really cool stuff. He invites Emmanuel and the scientist to join him for a lift back because they're in the middle of goddamn nowhere in Nevada. And they say, no, 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 no. We've actually got no. one more story beat to do here. And then he and Emmanuel fuck. Yeah, Bill, the scientist, and Emmanuel, they have sex at the abandoned diner. The end is cross-cutting between the two couples sucking and fucking yeah. In the Nevada desert. But One of them in a commercial kitchen, surrounded others, by pots and pans. The others in a limousine. And, like, just when you think you got your head around it all, the credits roll. It's fucking great. Yeah. Really good film. Five out of five. 
it, flawless. I mean, it's a it was a quality operation. How much of this do you think? Like, because I put to you that we need to go back and watch the first two movies that we've seen in Russian and German, respectively, and and really try and find them in it. Can you not try and find them in English? And, and I said them. no. Yes, it was a firm no. We must continue to move forwards. I want to be set free. For, I mean, look, I enjoyed myself today. Yeah, but that was against expectations. It was against previous experience. Do you think it's? It, I enjoyed myself. This was an oasis in a Nevada yes. desert filled with cocaine addicts and kidnapped women. This was genuinely the third woman from the fourth commercial kitchen. Yeah, this was the one that made me see, hey, there's something here. But if we see another Emmanuel 2000 in English, you think it's going to be like a second woman in a third commercial kitchen where it will be enjoyable but not convincing. In this game, it's just you can't flash forward and you can't, you know, it's hard not to look back, but you you just got to... You either die as the fourth woman in the fifth commercial kitchen <laughs> or live long enough to see yourself become the first woman in the second commercial <laughs> kitchen. That's right. But... Yeah, I mean, look, in a vacuum, I enjoyed this a lot. But that's not to say I want to retread ground that has already been covered, nor is it to say that I'm excited to continue doing it. If I find them, I might do it on my own time and report back. Don't let me stop you. It's a grand experiment that we're engaged in. Boner Inspector! God damn it. Hey, fellas! Here you enjoyed yourselves. Tenakwe. Hello, Boner Inspector. It's nice to see you. Anything to report? Uh, not from me, I'm afraid. What about you, Montgomery? No, I'll be on my way. I like that guy. <laughs> he's Sometimes he sticks around and other times he really just comes and goes. That's good. He keeps you on your toes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a mystery. Jesus Christ, someone's at the window. <laughs> hmm. Hello. <laughs> Hold on. Let me lift the window open. Hi. Is that George? Hello. Hi, George. How you doing? Come around the door. It's yes. me, George Lazenby. What are you doing at the window? What's happening? Well, I like to lean in the window. Mm-hmm. Just have a listen. You know, I uh, do like to listen. Yep. <laughs> and sitting can be uncomfortable because of this monstrous and unquenchable boner that I have tucked into the collar of my shirt. Really expecting hemorrhoid, and I should have remembered the big throbbing boner. You must know my mythology. I know your physiology, and that contains an epic boner, an epic, perpetually boned er. Now, from the window, I heard that you've had quite a positive pornographic experience. Well, and it's- it depends how you measure it. Mr. Lazenby, because on the one hand, I had a rollicking good time watching the film. Um, on the other, I sorry, you just missed him actually, but the boner inspector was here and I had to report no activity on that front. If, so I've got to say, if the boner inspector and I were ever to meet, we'd have a hell of a conversation. You two would get on famously. <laughs> I actually think that could be a relationship for the heavens. That is really... I mean, you're made for each other in a lot of ways, aren't you? The well, world's biggest boner and the world's biggest fan of boners. Perhaps if someone could overlook my boner in granular detail, it might help. I don't think that would be the Conquer guy. it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Or we could continue trying to develop a pornographic film that could release me from this self-built prison. Yeah. Well, let me just check to see if Guy Montgomery wants to take a run at it this time or if, if I want to pick up the reins. What do you think? Fill your boots, Tim. Okay, very good. So here's what I'm thinking. 
We pick up the three, all three threads. Oh my god! That were in this movie. It was ambitious once, but to run it back, Emmanuel two thousand, Emmanuel in Paradise. But instead of having them as separated strands taking place in three acts, aka three short films stuck together with just one character recurring through the three of them being Emmanuel, we're actually going to have the characters interacting. So here's what's happening. The Sultan of Morocco, mm. who lords over both multiple harems and also an imaginable wealth born of an oil field. An imaginable or unimaginable? An unimaginable. Oh. Uh, I guess you could imagine it because it's a lot. So just imagine a lot of wealth. Okay. So we've got that. And heavy- My God, it's, it's so much. Yeah, it's a lot, but um, you can picture it. Yeah, yeah. So he has been approached by an American scientist who you wouldn't know it when he's buttoned up in his shirt and tie, but has an incredible rig. Nice. I like a secret muscle-bound scientist. It is like Bruce Banner, Hulk style terrain. It's crazy. Must wear a very slimming suit. You wouldn't. I don't even know how it makes sense ergonomically. At any rate, he's been knocking on the door of this sultan um, to approach him to try and get funding for an online company that he's got in mind to sequence the human genome. A crazy ambitious project for the scientist to take on himself. Of which course. He's actually realized. So he started a non profit organization and with the funding of his best friend, a cocaine addict financier in Las Vegas, attempted to do this by himself blew all of the money and then realized he was going to need more than one scientist to get this done. He is knocking at the door and begging at the feet of the Sultan to fund this escapade. Will he do anything? He will do literally anything to get this across across the line. It is his life's work. Now, while this is happening, the Sultan has been on his own quest to quench his unquenchable thirst for true love. He has been touched in his soul by the feeling of true love when Emmanuel, his good friend, put a necklace on him. Mm. Sorry, put a crown on him so okay. that he could feel well, it's important to the know emotion of a woman uh, 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 in sexual intercourse with her husband, and it awoken something in him, something he's never felt before deep love oh, during sex. My God. So he's looking around and um, he's been very interested in the Japanese culture and has conned on to the fact that perhaps geishas, a forbidden sort of love, could be the sort of traditional role that would be able to fulfill this this need of his. So he has kidnapped a lot of geishas. Oh, my God. And hidden them all around the palace. This sounds... It's not great. No, yeah. It's not great. <laughs> it sounds pretty questionable. So the geneticist is in the palace trying to get the, the wheels greased on this business deal. He discovers all these geishas around the place and now is in a very morally ambiguous juncture of does he put everything on the line to try and pursue his life's work of mapping the human genome so that he may help other people identify their um, genetic disorders through some sort of online mail service? Or does he, with this new knowledge, have to act on freeing all of these kidnapped geishas? And am I supposed to come to this moral quandary? Well, first he fucks a lot of them while he's thinking. Oh, very good. Like a lot, a lot. While he's thinking, did you say? While he's thinking about it. He's pondering. He's really torn. 
And Emmanuel, strangely, on top of what already has happened with the Sultan kidnapping all these um, geishas, Emmanuel, who we know from Emmanuel in Paradise, has been best friends with the scientists for a long time. She has kidnapped a bunch of ex-girlfriends of the scientists. Oh and they keep God. coming from random kitchens that are strewn throughout <laughs> oh, the palace. It's fucking crazy. Oh, my God. So this guy's doing a lot of fucking around the place. There's milk all so over the just shop. One scientist is just fucking every single woman. Yes, 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 yes. A lot of salt, a lot of flour, a lot of milk, a lot of eggs. If it's in a chocolate cake, it's on top of him and these women. Okay. Eventually he comes to the conclusion that he has to save these women. So after he, he's fucked, you got it, you got it, you got it. While they're in this compromised situation. Here's what happens. He devises a plan to um trick the sultan so he says i'm going to prove that my technology works give me a strand of your hair he develops a mobile lab in the palace from resources and computers that he has brought on his business trip he manages to map the sultan's dna and identify several crucial genetic disorders that relate to the sultan Using that information of his ailments, he is able to kill the sultan using a poison Jesus. that only reacts to his genetic deficiencies Yes, that everyone eats at a feast. The sultan dies. No one suspects a thing because everyone ate the same food. Yes. And uh, in the chaos of them trying to work out who the heir to the oil field will be, he manages to escort all of the geishas out of the country. Wow. Back to their home. Happy ending. Happy ending, except he didn't get to get the uh, sequencing genome yeah. business off the ground. And except for me, George Lazenby as well. Yeah, so this is what you're supposed to come to. I see. Well, I am narratively pleased and relieved, but sexually hard and frustrated. So Fair enough, fair enough. It's appreciated. It's a balancing act, isn't it? Well, it's tough to get right. Plot and penis and pussy. Those are our balancing acts. The three plosive peas. Yes. Peas, please. Oh, dear. It looks like my voice is changing. I'd better be off. See you, George. I <laughs> can't uh, believe he was a real James Bond, a canonical James Bond. Yeah. The best James Bond and the only living James Bond. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't look, don't look now, but Pierce Brosnan's. Not doing so hot. But Daniel Craig, he looks fit as a fiddle. And I think he's still got one more movie in him. At any rate, Guy Montgomery, how would you rate this film, Emmanuel 2000, Emmanuel in Paradise? I'd rate it uh, on the scale of centimetres of George Lazenby's erect penis up to a maximum score of 90 centimetres. 90 centimetres. I love it. Perfect A perfect porno. That's so good. Me too. Well... With that in mind, why don't we um, get the fuck out of here? That sounds really good. I'd like to say thank you very much to everyone who has reached out and helped us source English versions or any kind of versions of these Emmanuel 2000 movies, which have proved a little trickier than we thought to obtain. That's right. And I would like to recommend Emmanuel in Paradise to anyone looking to experience just a touch of what this season's materials are. Featuring the Wickedly talented Holly Sampson. Yeah. Hey, stay stay safe, stay sexy out there, everyone. <laughs> Keep your hands on the wheel and your boners in your trousers. Oh, fuck.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.